welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I'm really excited about this because there's some things we've been hitting on the last few weeks during offering that I felt like we needed to turn it into a full-blown message. And that message is, are you reaping? Y'all want to sing it with me? Are you reaping? Are you reaping, Brother John? (laughs) Oh, that's sleeping. I'm sorry, that's sleeping. But at least you'll remember the title, right? And the reason I believe the Lord wanted me to title it that way, and I believe the reason He wants us to focus on this tonight, because most people think reaping is automatic. You know, you do a good deed and you're automatically going to reap good things coming back to you. You you do something bad, you're automatically going to reap bad things happening to you. Well, that's just not true. Opportunity to reap is there. But why do we ever think that it was sowing and waiting? It's a different word. It's sowing and reaping. They're both active words that we're supposed to have something to do with. And if, we'll, if you'll catch this revelation, your life will be totally different. Because if you don't like what you have right now, you can change it. God's given you a law to operate in. He's given you ability to operate in it properly. And next year this time, you can have such harvest in your life that you, that you never thought you could have. Simply by understanding this truth and putting it into practice. The law of sowing and reaping. Jesus also called it the law of giving and receiving a return on your giving. Now I'm going to show you some scriptures tonight that are really going to bless you because I think this is so cool. I, I don't have to blame anybody for my problems because I can sow as many good seeds as I want and I can reap as much good harvest as I want and nobody can stop me. Nobody can stop me. And that's why the Bible says don't be deceived about it. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I'm so glad the Lord didn't say, you know, whatever you sow, as long as everybody around you treats you right, things are going to go well. He said, no, don't be deceived. If you want a good life, understand the principle of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, and don't quit in it just because a little time goes by before you see anything. Um, And I don't know if I need to get into this, guys, but most of the world, when, when the world talks about uh, sowing and reaping. The world talks about, um, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. The world's thinking about it totally in the negative. Mm-hmm. You better watch it. You're going to reap what you sow. And it's true. Sowing and reaping works in the negative, but it's still not automatic. If it was automatic, then we'd all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, thank the Lord. We do not have to reap all the bad things we've done in our life. Faith in Jesus causes us to come out from under having to reap all the bad stuff. If you've sown hatred, you're supposed to reap hatred. If you've sown strife, if you've sown being mean, if you've sown terrible things, the law of sowing and reaping is you're supposed to reap all that. But if you believe in Jesus, He reaped it all for you and you get to go free though you deserved the punishment. Aren't you glad you don't have to? Aren't you glad reaping's not automatic? If it was automatic, you couldn't get out from it. But we want to talk about it in the positive. What if we started doing good things on a higher level? What if we started being kinder? Well, according to the Lord, you're going to start reaping harvests of kindness and goodness. If, everybody say if. Oh, that's the key word. Two letter word, so important. If, if what? If you don't give up in your doing good, and if you don't give up in believing good's coming to you. Like the Lord said. Do you know the Bible said, if we really want to be where we're supposed to be with the Lord, did you know the Bible said, we must believe He's a rewarder of us who diligently seek Him. It's important to the Lord that we believe for the good things He said belongs to us. It says, he that comes to God must believe that He is, and you must believe He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. This is not an option. He said it, it's, 
It's, it's a must. Everybody say it's a must. So turn to Galatians 6. And I want to talk to you tonight some more about are you reaping? And that whole revelation in that is this. Sowing, doing good things is not automatic. And reaping good harvests is not automatic. There's certain attitudes we need to have and maintain if we're going to reap the good harvest off of the seeds we've sown. A lot of people sow good seeds, but they never reap their harvest. Now, I'm getting a little ahead, but this is a good question for you to think about. What about the person that says, well, I just don't know why I'm not reaping. I just don't know why I'm not reaping. I'm sowing, I'm tithing, I'm giving, I'm being nice, I'm being kind, and I just don't know why people aren't kind to me. I don't know why I'm not reaping. The answer is in the question. I don't know why I'm not reaping. They're thinking reaping is automatic. It's not the phrase sowing and waiting. Yes, there's time that goes by, but it's not a passive waiting. You know, just something's going to happen out of the blue. It doesn't work in the natural. What if a farmer just sat back and all his crop grew in the field and he just sat back waiting for his harvest to float into his barn? What would we think? He probably ain't a farmer. <laughs> he's, from, he's another occupation. Reaping good things coming into our, listen closely, good things coming into our life has so much to do with our attitude and our words. Some people wonder why they're so blessed and they're so cursed and they're so happy and they're so sad. They're a Christian, they're a Christian. They go to church, they go to church. They're so blessed, they're so happy, they're so blessed. These people are so depressed and so sad. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's not going on. God's not having more favor on one than another because he's no respecter of persons. Somebody has learned certain attitudes that attract good things. Some have learned certain words that open doors for good things to come in their life and others don't take those things serious. I just don't know what talking good does anyway. I don't know. It doesn't matter what my attitude is. If God wants me to have it, He'll just make me have it. No. He's given you principles to operate in. He's given you uh, the ability to speak words. And if you want things that are good to come into your life, not only do you need to do good, but you need to be believing good's coming back to you like the Lord said. When the Lord talks about promises and harvest coming into our life, He's not telling us just what's going to happen. He's giving us something to believe is happening. A lot of times the Lord will tell somebody something and they'll just hear that word and go, oh, okay, it'll just happen no matter what because I got the word. Ha <laughs> I got the word. God's spoken a lot of words that have not happened in people's lives because they thought it was going to automatically come to pass. God gives us words to believe with. Not just kick back and wait and watch him do something without us doing anything. All right, so turn to Galatians 6, and let's look here. In verse 6, this is New Testament. Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia, to us as well. He's writing to believers here. And if you're a believer, take this personal. Galatians 6, in verse 6. Let him that's taught in the word... Communicate or share with him that teaches in all good things. Verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Does anybody else have another translation for God is not mocked? God is not ridiculed or treated with contempt. Anybody else got another one? You get the picture here? God's not mocked? For whatsoever a man sows... That shall he also reap. Now, I'm going to read this. I'm going to add a word here, and, and I know it's not in here, and I'm not adding to scriptures. You, you, I think you'll see this in the next couple of verses because it's very clear that reaping is not automatic. But I want, you to, I want you to look at it like this Whatever a man sows, that shall he also have opportunity to reap. Reaping's not automatic, and you'll see that in the next couple of verses. But if you sow good seeds, you have a harvest and an opportunity to reap a good harvest. Whether it's kindness or joy or finances or being good. Multiplied times more what you've given is there for you if you've given. Especially if you've given in love. Because how you give and you know what, 
what you give into, these are all important as well, that will determine how big of a harvest is coming back. But I want you to notice this. Whatever man sows, that shall have opportunity to reap. Next verse. He that sows to the flesh, or just does everything his flesh wants, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit, you know, lives life more about towards spiritual things, shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that's more than going to heaven when you die. That's talking about a quality of life that begins the moment you're born again. We think the word everlasting, we think, oh, that just means forever, I'm going to live with the Lord. It does mean that, but if you look up the word in the Greek, it means quality of life, not just longevity of life. All right, next verse. And let us not be weary in well-doing. And what's the well-doing he's talking about? Sowing and reaping. Don't be weary in well-doing because you're going to be. For in due season, see he's still talking about harvest. In due season, we shall reap. God can't reap for us. We shall reap. Uh-oh, there's that word. We're going to reap if what? We're going to reap if we don't give up. Remember we said last week that the pressure of the enemy, the devil, is greatest just before your harvest shows up. He knows you're closer. You think, well, the attacks are getting so strong and nothing's happening. What's going on? The enemy is afraid and he's throwing his best because he knows if you hang in there another half hour, you're going to see a harvest that you and everybody else around you is going to know God's real and blessings are for His people. So say if. Okay, so we're going to reap a harvest off of our good seed sown if we faint not. That word means don't lose heart, don't give up. And a lot of people are, this is one of the greatest, tempt, one of the greatest temptations you'll ever face in life is to give up. Quit just before the finish line. Run nine-tenths of the race and quit. That's like somebody who never started at all in the race. Running and quitting before the, you break the tape is like not even starting the race at all. You get the same thing somebody never started gets. Nothing. Say this, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Living right pays off. Now just saying that puts you in the reaping mode. Alright, so I want you to go to another scripture in Genesis chapter 8. Now, you know, what we're talking about tonight is reaping multiplied times more of the good that we've already given out of our life or that we're going to give out from our life. And somebody says, well, Pastor, that just sounds selfish. That just sounds selfish to want more and to want a harvest of finances and to want a harvest of all these good things. That just sounds selfish. Let me, let me say this to you. That's how the Lord gave it to me. It's actually selfish to not want more if you're a giver. It's actually selfish to not want more if you're a channel toward others and you could be a greater blessing toward others. You know, we gotta, we got to quit thinking, every time we think about our lives and our purpose and what we're doing, we've got to quit just thinking about ourselves. God's, God calls us vessels that He wants to pour into so we can pour out on others. If God can't get good things to you, like you don't believe in prosperity, or I don't believe in all these good things, and I don't believe in this world's goods, and I don't believe in all this wealth, well, here's the thing. If God can't get you believing it, He can't get it to you. And if He can't get it to you, He can't get those things through you to dying, crying, sighing people all around you. If He can't get blessings to you, He can't get blessings through you. And God works through people to help other people. We need to look at ourselves as vessels. It's not about us, our four, and no more. It's about people around us. It's about our calling. We're called to be a, a blessing to the people in our our sphere, our realm of living. And we all have something to give right now. But God wants to pour more through us. And I think sometimes people think, well, I've got everything I want, but what about the people around you? Do they have everything they need? No, but I'm just going to pray God meets their needs. He's going to give you something to give to them to meet their needs. I remember when Lester Sumrall was still alive and he had started Feed the Hungry. 
and they take food all over the world, especially uh, war-torn nations and where kids or little children don't have food and they're still going today. We support them as a church, support them financially all the time. Um, but the Lord told Lester Sumrall, Son, my children are praying all over the world in these third world nations. They're praying right now, Father, give us this day our daily bread. And God told Lester Sumrall, I want you to be the answer to those prayers. I will help you to be the answer to those prayers. They're praying, give us this day our daily bread. Son, I need you. I need you to get your airplane. You need to get your cargo plane. You need to get these big ships. And you need to take food over to these people who are praying, Father, give us this day our daily bread. And so he did. Started Feed the Hunger, got the big cargo plane, got the ships, still happening today. He's in heaven now, but others have taken over their ministry. And so if God, if God can't get us believing in the blessings, then he can't get those blessings through us to other people if we're saying, well, that's not important and there's more important things. Tell that to somebody who's dying of starvation. We, we all know that the greatest thing we can give people is Jesus and get their souls saved. But a lot of times they're not even able to hear the gospel if they're starving. So now turn with me to Genesis 8 and let's look at one verse here. This is right after Noah and the flood of Noah and the Lord was talking to Noah and giving some words to everybody on the earth at, at this time. In Genesis 8, and I want you to notice in verse 22. You should turn to your neighbor and say, man, am I having fun tonight. Who ever heard of having fun in church? I did. I do every time I go. Genesis 8 and verse 22. This is the Lord speaking. You ready? This is right after the flood. And God said, while the earth remains... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. He's telling us right here that the law of sowing and reaping is going to be around as long as this world's here. So, you know, don't let the enemy say, well, this worked back in those days. Uh, newsflash, earth still here. Law still in effect. Right? I mean, it, it, this is the earth, right? This big ball under us. It's the earth, right? Well, if it's still here, sowing and reaping is still in effect, just like it's always been. Now, turn to the book of Luke. I wanted you to see that there, because this isn't something just for the olden days and Paul's day and Jesus' day. It's as long as the earth remains, you can operate in the laws of sowing and reaping. Look at uh, Luke chapter 6, and this is the words of Jesus. Now, now I want to ask you this question again. Are you reaping? Because many of you have given, many of you have been tithing, many of you have sowed, many of you have done good things. Are you reaping? Now, let me, let me, let me just say this. Let me, let me tell you when you're not reaping. When you're worrying, you're not reaping. Okay, you're not in the reaping mode. You're not out in the field on the tractors. You're somewhere else. But if you're, if you're worrying about finances, if you're worrying about your needs being met, if you're worrying about you know, bad things happening, you are at that moment, you are not reaping anything except maybe some negative stuff. And if you stay in worry long enough, you'll start reaping negative stuff that you should have been, you know, Cast on the Lord. All right, here's another way you can tell you're not reaping. If you're jealous, you're not reaping. Come on, if you're jealous of somebody else getting something good, you're not believing you're getting something good. Why would you be mad at somebody else for getting something good if you really believe you're getting something good? But if you're jealous of somebody else getting something good, you are not believing you're getting something good or you'd be rejoicing with them. Right? I mean, I, let me also tell you this. Here's another way you can tell you're not reaping. Even though you got harvest out there, even though God wants you to have good things because you've sown for good things, you're not reaping if you're complaining. These are destructive forces. These are things that keep people from God's best. And we have to watch our attitude because all through the day, you're going to have opportunities to get into unbelief about what God said. 
all through the day. Matter of fact, I told Carla, I said, one of the things I think I want to teach tonight, which we're not, is uh, uncovering unbelief, uh, uncovering the, the reality that many people every day slip into unbelief all through the day and they don't even realize it. You can tell it by their confession. You can tell it by their attitude. You can tell it by their worry. You can tell it by their complaining. They slip out of faith in God and His Word and His promises to believing something else is going to happen that's not at all what God said should happen. People slip all the time. And really, when you look at it that way, what should you repent of? The visible sin or the unbelief that led up to the visible sin? So, in Luke chapter 6, this is Jesus talking, verse 38. Very interesting verse here. Keep in mind, sowing and reaping. Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, give. First word, what? Give. give. So how does this whole process start? Give. And it just might. No, come on, there's a, there's a 99% chance here. No, Jesus said, shall is the strongest word in the English affirmation. Give and it shall be given unto you. But notice, it's bigger when it comes back than when it left your life. Look at this. Give, and it will be given unto you. And this is how it's going to be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Let's, get, let's make room for more. Shake it. Shaken together. Running over. This is how it's going to come back to you. This is Jesus. Now, why is he saying... It shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down. Why is he saying that? To give you something to reap with. This is a reaping tool, his word. In other words, he's given us something to believe. Jesus told uh, Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus when their brother had died, and he, just before he raised him from the dead, Jesus said, didn't I tell you? If you believe, you're going to see something amazing. And if we believe in scriptures like this, we're going to see something amazing. Not just if we know these scriptures. We have to, just understand how I say this, when we hear a scripture like this and we've given something good, we need to get excited about it shall be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down. I may not know exactly when, may not know exactly how, may not know who he's going to use, but we need to be excited about it. Don't ever let the devil steal your excitement about the word. Stay thrilled with God's word. Even if you have zero feelings, be thrilled by faith. Just act like a thrilled person. This is how you bring things into your life that the Lord wants you to have. God can't receive for you. But he helps us to receive. And whether you realize it or not, he's helping us all right now to get in a better receiving mode for a lot of these things that belong to us. Hmm? So really, I could say, are you reaping? Or I could say, are you believing? This. And other scriptures like this. You know scriptures like this? You go... Yeah, I know that. You believe scriptures like this, you get a smile. Oh yeah, it's happening. Well, sure don't look like it. You're looking at the wrong thing in the wrong place. I'm looking at what God said. It's happening. Harvest belongs to me. God's not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. I'm reaping by believing that this is happening to me. And then you maintain that attitude of faith until it shows up. And really, because you've been in faith for a while, you're not even surprised when it shows up. You've been believing it was yours for many days, usually. Sometimes many months. Sometimes many years. Some say, well, I've been believing for years. I don't know if I want to believe anymore. What? That would be a total waste of years of believing. Right. <laughs> you're closer to your blessing now than you've ever been. Right. Stick with it. Don't give up. And this is why you need Christian friends who can encourage you. Don't quit. Believe God, man. You didn't start to not finish. I'm with you. We're, the power of God's manifesting. You're just growing in faith and the devil's mad. Stick with it. The money's coming in. The harvest is on the way. And if you don't have friends that can talk to you like that, you, you're in bad shape. But there's friends all over this church you can have talk with you like that. How many glad for faith friends? Amen. Mm -mm -mm. Study this. Now look. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. 
running over, shall men, and he's not talking about the men you gave to. God has multiplied millions of people he can work through to get you your harvest. But isn't it interesting? He said men are going to give into your bosom, into your life, your lap. Now notice, for with the same measure you've given with, it'll be measured to you again. And we know he's talking about harvest and multiply times more. So I look at it like this. If you give with a teaspoon, you're going to reap teaspoon harvest. You give chunks, you give a chunk, you're going to reap, reap chunk harvests. The same measure you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. If you give with a dump truck, you get dump trucks harvest in return. And now listen, guys, listen. You need to understand this. Um, chunks are not determined by amount. They're determined by percent. Anybody, anytime an offering is received, anybody can be the biggest giver. It, has, it doesn't have anything to do with amount. It has to do with percent. The widow woman, remember? Remember Jesus sat over by the treasury watching all these people throw money into the treasury? Casting, they said the rich cast in of their abundance. And here comes this poor widow woman. Casts in two mites, just a few pennies. It was all her living. And Jesus got so excited about it, he called his disciples, come over, come here, come here, come here, come here. See all these rich men casting out of their abundance? She gave out of her need. And she gave everything she had in that offering. It was like a couple pennies. And the Lord says she gave more than anybody else. It's not about amount. It's about heart. It's about giving out a need. The Lord knows. He knew that that woman gave everything she had. And that was more than the rich people who gave out of their abundance and kept a lot of it. But she was the biggest giver that day in the Lord's eyes, which is really cool. But here he says, if you want, if you want teaspoon multiplied teaspoons of what you gave out to come back to you, given a teaspoon. Paul caught this. He said, he that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. And that's better than not reaping anything. But he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Woo! And remember, God doesn't want anybody feeling guilty. God doesn't want anybody doing anything out of doing anything out of I have to or grudgingly. He loves a cheerful giver. So if our giving is not where we hoped it should be, we should actually work more on our love than anything else. Right? God so loved the world, He gave the best you could ever give and receive. His own son, Jesus. So, here Jesus is talking again about the law of sowing and reaping. Right? Yeah. Given, it will be given unto you. And knowing this scripture is not believing this scripture. Say this, knowing, knowing. is not believing. There's two different words. I don't know if you realize it. K-N-O-W-I-N-G is different than B-E-L-I-E-V-I-N-G. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. She saved my life again. Now, go to 2 Corinthians. This is one of the last scriptures I want you to see. And we'll talk about this for a minute, and then we'll wrap some things up. I've got some interesting things I want to say to you in the last couple of minutes here. Um, just some thought-provoking things. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and let's look again. Let's look again at verse 1, then we'll drop down to verse 6. This is Paul talking to all Christians everywhere. He's talking specifically to the church at Corinth. But let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 1, and then we'll bounce down to verse 6 through 10. Paul says, now as touching, uh, talking about the ministering to the saints, or we could say God's people, it's superfluous for me to write unto you. So he's talking about supporting and helping God's people with our finances. And you'll find that more as we read on. So he's talking about, listen guys, concerning ministering to the God's people, all right, uh, it's superfluous for me to write unto you. Anybody have another word for superfluous? <laughs> Waste of time. 
I shouldn't have to do this. All right, thank you. Sean's a teacher, so I believe him. <laughs> so now go to verse, did I say verse 6? So Paul says, but this I say, he which sows, sowing and reaping, or gives out, or supports God's people, which couldn't be interpreted local churches and other ministries, he which sows or gives sparingly shall reap or have opportunity to reap also sparingly. Because let's face it, you could sow a bunch of good seeds in the natural, water those seeds, and take a hike the next week and never reap one thing off that harvest. Reaping's not automatic. People do that spiritually all the time. They sow, they believe, and then they go, I ah, don't work. They just walk the other way, not believing for anything to come back, actually believing that it's not going to come back, and they get what they believe for. Nothing. No reaping. That'd be awesome if we could reap other people's harvests that they didn't want. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Man, we'd, but now notice, he, so, he that sows sparingly shall reap or have opportunity to reap also sparingly. Now, let me, let me stop here just for a second. I've said this many times already in these teachings, but we, we're talking about reaping is not automatic. Once you do a good deed, once you sow, once you give offerings, once you help people with money, all right, that's the sowing part, right? Reaping is not automatic. Because the last scripture we just read, it says, in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Right. You're going to reap if you faint not. You're going to reap if you faint not. Reaping must not be automatic or fainting wouldn't matter. Fainting big time matters if you want to reap a harvest. So we know right there, don't faint, reap your harvest in due season. And due season a lot of times is a little longer than your flesh wished. <laughs> so you're going to have to be patient and that's why he said, don't be weary. One of the greatest phrases you can adopt is, it's happening. It's modern day, amen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. We say, I don't see anything. You're looking in the wrong place. While well, we look not at things that are seen, but things that are not seen. Things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. So he's talking here about sowing and reaping. Sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully, another translation says generously, shall reap also generously. That's what Jesus said, right? With whatever measure you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Sparingly, sparing harvest. Right? You sow a handful of seeds, you reap a harvest conducive with a handful of seeds. You sow a dump truck load of seeds, you reap a, reap a harvest conducive with a dump truck load of seeds. So good. Now the coolest thing about this is this. Anybody can be rich because anybody can sow and reap as much as they want. And if you don't want to be rich, I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, why wouldn't you want to be rich if you were a vessel toward other people to help them? Why wouldn't you want to be wealthy if you were a vessel that could pour on others who are dying and crying and sighing all around you? Why wouldn't you want more if you were a vessel to help them, to pour out on them, to refresh them, to lift burdens? Why wouldn't we want more? How many think there's enough people, even in our own neighborhoods right now, that could use a lot of blessings that we should allow into our lives. So he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, one time I think it was Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland was talking about this and he was saying, man, if we really believe this, if we really, be if we really believe this verse right here, he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully, we'd liquidate everything we got today, give it all away tomorrow and believe for a bountiful harvest. If we really believed it, and we know we got to be led by the Spirit. We may wish we were here in faith, but maybe we're only here in faith. People think they're in faith by pretending, and they're not. God can't meet them, and they think faith doesn't work, so don't go crazy. But do you understand what he's saying? This is true. I think we need to come up in our faith on this. I know this. I mean, the Lord talks a lot about being diligent in work. He talks a lot about being faithful in work. He talks a lot about integrity on the job. But he doesn't just talk about working and earning. He talks also about sowing and reaping. 
A lot of the working and earning is so you can have seed to get this process started. And the economy of sowing and reaping, somebody tell me, never crashes. Because it's a principle of the kingdom of God. The economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. And I'm talking spiritually and in the financial realm right now. That never crashes. This economy in the natural might crash someday. It might go upside down. But the law of sowing and reaping will never go upside down. It's a law of the kingdom. It's around as long as the earth is around. It's powerful. It works. It shall be given unto you. That needs to be our attitude. It's happening. Well, it don't look like it. It's been three years. Well, are you telling me Jesus lied? He didn't lie. Three years to him is like, you know, three minutes to us. Uh, three years to us is like three minutes to him. Hang in there. In due season, you're going to reap. If you stay in faith. Believe it's working. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, let me read a couple things here. Um, well, let's just read this one more time and go to the next verse. He that sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Next verse. Every man, so when he uses the word man, you know, children, spiritually speaking, don't usually get these things until they become the man or the woman, uh, uh, you know, spiritually speaking. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. But little kids should operate in this. They need to learn these as young as they can. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him what? Now, what's another word for give? So. so, previous verse. He's talking about sowing sparingly, reaping sparingly, sowing bountifully, reaping bountifully. And now he translated as giving. Sowing is now giving, he's saying. This is the next verse. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. There's two times we should give. Number one, when the Spirit of God leads us to. And number two, when we want to. Never feeling like we have to. Two times we should give. When the Lord tells us to, you know, on the inside or from the scriptures, and then when we want to. And then one of those can't take place of the other either. So let him give. Every man as he purposes in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly. So how we plant seeds is very important. Right. We don't want to just throw, we want to sow. So just religiously get in a rut when the bucket passes by and just throw, sow it. That's why I have a little music now during that time so you can just meditate and think about what you're doing and sow it. Let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Next verse. Look what God's love is able to do for cheerful givers. Or we could say cheerful sowers. So can we just stop for a second? One of the greatest things you can do if you want to be a good sower and a good reaper is give cheerfully. It's better seed. I said it's better seed. God loves a cheerful giver. And if you're a cheerful giver, God's able to do something for you. He wants to do it for everybody, but he's only able to do it for certain people. Tell me, what are those certain people he's able to do this for? Not givers. Cheerful givers. Because hmm? see, if you're cheerful about giving, it shows your heart's in it. God loves a cheerful giver. And what's God able to do for cheerful givers? He's able to make all grace. This is grace issue, what we're talking about here. God's able to make all grace trickle towards you. <laughs> no, abound is the opposite of trickle. Come on, we need to, we need to bend our insides. We got to get out of this mode that we've been in and not just know and learn stuff. We need to bend and change perception and say, you know what? I always have more than enough. I got so much coming in. I got to open up other bank accounts. They only federally insure up to 250,000. I got so much coming in. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it all, but the Lord will show me. Instead of staying in that mindset, it's been a struggle, probably always be a struggle. Oh, me, it's just my lot in life. Bend! I have a word for some people. Bend! Bend! See yourself like those you wished you were like. Bend! Don't just learn, bend. 
Bend, quote scriptures throughout the day. Change yourself on the inside. Don't just learn, change. Apply the pressure, do your mental exercise. Speak words when you don't feel like it. You tell yourself what pictures are inside of you, not just your surroundings. You take charge of that part of your life. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, cheerful giver, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So what's the number one reason we want harvest? So we can abound to every good work. What's the number one reason we want our debts paid off? So we can abound to every good work. What's the number one reason we want increase in harvest coming into our life? What's the number one reason we want this grace abounding toward us and have all sufficiency in all things? For the purpose of being able to help other people. That's a good heart. Oh, I'm going to get out of debt because, oh, it's going to be so nice to get out of debt. Oh, it's going to be so awesome to get out of debt. Oh, it's going to be relieved from all this pressure. Oh, it's going to be so great to get out of debt. Oh, it's going to be so comfortable to get out of debt. Go deeper. It's going to be great to get out of debt. Yes, it's going to be better. Yes, it's going to be comfortable. But the number one reason we want out of debt is because we want to give more. And that's, if that's your heart, you're doing it in love. And now the Bible says your love will profit you. Your giving will profit you. Just a, a side thought. The Bible says we can give everything we have away to the poor. We can even go as far as offering up our body to be burned. And if we don't have love, it profits us nothing. But then right on the other hand, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him won't perish but have everlasting life. So we've got two spectrums here. The chiefest expression of love is giving. The chiefest expression of love is God so loved He gave. That's the greatest expression of love ever. Now listen though, listen. According to 1 Corinthians, you can give without loving. But you cannot love without giving. I'm going to say that again. You can give without loving. Your motive can be somewhere else. You can be given because you're afraid. You can be given to be seen. All kinds of stuff. You can give without loving. But you can't truly love without giving. Think about that. Let me read these things in closing. I've got to close here. Who said we should look at the laws of sowing and reaping when it comes to our giving and receiving. Who said that? Who said that our giving and receiving is like sowing and reaping? Who said that? Huh? The Lord. So He must want us to understand a little bit about sowing and reaping to know how our giving and receiving works. Sowing's not automatic. Reaping's not automatic. Now, I, want, I want to say this again. Anyone can be rich because anybody can sow and reap as much as they want. Prosperity must be for everybody because sowing bountifully is offered to everybody. These laws of increase are available to everybody on this planet. Hmm? So, many understand sowing, but not everybody understands reaping. It's not just working and earning that God wants us involved with. It's sowing and reaping. And we already said the economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. Every time you give, you're guaranteed a harvest. But every time you're given, you're not guaranteed you'll reap it. It's there, but you still got to reap it. A lot of people give, sow, tithe, and then a storm comes. Listen closely. If you regard the clouds and get into worry and fear and go hide out, you're not reaping. Ecclesiastes says, He that observes the wind won't sow, and he that regards the clouds won't reap. It's going to get tough at times. It's going to look like it's not working at times. And if you regard the clouds, you won't be in the reaping mode. Cloudy, stormy, or whatever. It looks like you're going down, going under, losing everything. We go, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not regarding the clouds. I'm regarding what Jesus said. This is working. It's being given unto me. Yes. 
How many of you realize that um, God can't make grow for you what you haven't planted? I've heard, you know, you can get extreme on anything, but, you know, you can even take the grace message too far and say, you know what, um, we're under grace. We don't have to give. We're going to still get all kinds of good harvests of good things because of Jesus. And the part that they're missing there is that God does do miracles and God does do uh, supernatural things at times. But you know what? He never intended we live by miracles. He intended we start operating in the laws of our homeland, the kingdom of God, citizens of heaven. Miracles cannot take the place of sowing and reaping. He will give you a miracle to get you started if you need one. Yep. Versus if you're just late, not, you know, lazy. If you really need a miracle, you'll get one. And he'll help get the process going. But he's going to expect you to operate in the laws of sowing and reaping eventually because it's a law of the kingdom. It's a, it's a homeland law. I mean, we're going to be living by these laws forever. Okay. So let me just say this in closing. Um, I did a little research, you know, on tomato plants, and um, I found out that it takes about two tomato seeds in a pot to bring forth a nice plant. And if you really know how to take care of tomatoes, you know, not just you know, trying it for your first time, if you really know how to do it right, environment, temperature and all this, from what I've studied, um, those little two seeds can turn into a plant that has the weight of about 50 to 80 pounds, if you do it right. I mean, if you really know what you're doing, you, maybe, you know, 30 to 40 or 20 to 40. But if you really know what you're doing, you could take two little seeds. And that could turn into about a 50 to 80 pound plant. Uh, one tomato, average size tomato, is six ounces. And that one tomato has 150 to 300 seeds in it. And if you take the weight and times it by 16 ounces, you know, or, yeah, 16 ounces, and divide that by six. We're talking like 20 to 40,000 seeds from two seeds. Everybody say way beyond, hundredfold. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, we, we were eating pomegranate seeds at, at dinner tonight, and I was talking to Hunter and Alexander. I said, look at this seed. There's a tree in there. There's a forest in there. <laughs> I mean, depending on what you do with the seed. You look at a little tomato seed, he goes, there's, there's, there's an 80-pound plant in there. And then a bunch after that. And then this process never stops yeah, if, you keep, right. if you keep sowing. Yeah. So I was just thinking, I was thinking, man, I need to be more of a serious farmer. This is real stuff. What if I took $100? Just what if I took $100 and purposely, seriously, in love, sowed it for something that would help somebody in a certain area and what if I believed for one year every day, watered it, believed, spoke over it, said thank you. They're not taking up all my time, just a certain time, you know, a few moments in the morning, at night maybe. Just take care of it like you do a plant. You don't think about watering your plant all day long, but you do water it probably regularly. Mm -hmm. So what if you took $100 and sowed it and gave it into something worthwhile or a person or somebody needing it? And what if you just believe for tenfold return in one year? Just tenfold. That'd be $1,000. What if you decided to turn all that back into seed money for five years? Sow that 1000 Second year, you got 10000 Sow the 10000 Next year, you got 100000 You're going to be tempted to eat seed, I'm telling you. But what if it was just a separate thing, totally separate from all, and you just put it right back in the ground? Huh? Fourth year, it'd be a million. Now, this is where discipline comes in. Now, Lord, I know this is seed. This is harvest that has come in. It's, it's different than, you know, wages and earning. What if I sowed a million dollars in the fifth year, I'd have 10 million? That's just tenfold. A tomato plant is 20,000. Just some food for thought. Let's take sowing a little more serious. Let's go ahead and put some of these things into practice. And not just in the financial area. Be a good person. Give people time. Actually listen to them when they're talking. Be a friend. Take them to lunch. Do nice things. And then be an up person and expect good things to come back to you instead of, I've been so good nobody ever takes me to lunch. You ain't reaping when you talk like that. 
you stopped reaping. Then you're going to go, I don't know why I'm not reaping. Because you're not reaping. <laughs> okay, church, let's stand up. <laughs> Are you reaping? <laughs> yes, I am, Brother John. <laughs> I am reaping. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this awesome law that anybody can operate in, anybody can profit from it. Oh, Father, we thank you for the privilege to put into practice mysteries of the kingdom, laws of heaven here on earth. Lord, you gave us Jesus, and now you've got millions of children in return. You believe in this principle. And so, Father God, we thank you for these principles and we just boldly declare we're going to reap our harvest and we're going to sow good seeds and we're going to see great things happen in our life and we're going to be a bigger blessing than we've ever been. And we're going to be patient. We're not going to faint when it looks like too much time has gone by. Say this with me if you want to do a little reaping right now. Say this. In Jesus' name, I give... Because I love. If I hadn't loved on past giving, I'd change right now. And I say, those seeds I planted, I planted them because I love. And I love like God loves. And my giving works like Jesus said. God's deal with people to give to me in the same measure I've given out it's coming back to me multiplied times more so that I can abound to every good work it's happening and some, some may need to say this Jesus I repent for complaining for doubting when I knew better for worrying when I knew better. And I thank you for forgiving me. I consider myself clean, forgiven, and right back in the race. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.